The Trials of Apollo, The Dark Prophecy, Chapter 33. Feeling groovy, I'm drowning, freezing, snake surfing. Life is good, Batman. Meg and I plummeted through the dark, our rope unspooling. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. That's basically a sass moment in itself. No, this this book started off so silly. <laughs> or these these chapters, not this book. The whole first chapter was very silly. And then it got very serious, but then always a little silly. Exactly. Ava, Neve, how are we this week? Pretty good. Um, I'm really getting finally um accustomed to my surroundings. Um yeah, and I got some jobs, which is pretty exciting. Start work at Bath and Body Works on Wednesday, um, which is hilarious and fun. And I also am doing um, the social media for this little design brand um, in the city that wants to expand, which is super cool. Um, so trying to be booked and blessed, eating a lot of cereal, um, that's my week. <laughs> How are you, Neve? I'm good. Um, yeah, I have like a bunch of interviews scheduled for tomorrow. So that should be fun. I like, don't know why I did that to myself. I just put them back to back to back and they're all in the vague area of each other. So like, it should be fine, but like, it will be tomorrow from 2 PM to 4 PM. <laughs> I will be running around centers. <laughs> Center City, Philadelphia, trying to get to a bunch of different restaurants. Um, but yeah, having fun. Uh, Brandon and I forced each other to go out this weekend and it was fun. And then we, uh, on Saturday, we're like, we're tie-tie and we're going to start. It took me, how long have I lived with you? 17 days. And we'll, we'll minus three because I went home and worked Labor Day weekend. So 14 days, two weeks until I was convinced to watch all the Marvel movies from the beginning. I knew it. I knew so, that it was. So now, that, is, is so that now also, I'm here. That makes it sound like I, like, every day, like, woke up and was like, do you want to watch No, but <laughs> you've been talking about for a while, and I was yes. like, you know what? We're both here, and we need things to watch. Yeah. And I think I'm finally ready to do it. And I'm very invested so far. And uh-huh. to clarify, we're watching all the Marvel movies including the Spider-Man and X-Men movies. Let's go. Because I've always wanted to watch the Spider-Man movies, but I've just never, like, gotten around to it. But it's something I've always genuinely wanted to watch. So I was like, let's just go all in. And I'm having a lot of fun so far. I'm very excited. So far, we've watched X-Men First Class. Hmm. We're going in chronological order, starting with the, the Sony Fox universe and then moving on to the Disney universe. I've learned a lot. So that it all builds up to, like, basically to Deadpool 3 that isn't out yet, but will be coming out and tying everything, all that stuff together. Um, So we watched X-Men First Class, X-Men, and the first Spider-Man. And and we have uh, X2 next up. So we're doing it all, doing it all at once. Love it. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to finally understand references. Um, I know, And it's been so much more... Like, I, it's not that I had low expectations, but it has truly been so much more compelling than I was, like, anticipating it to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited. 
It's cool. So how are you, Baden? I'm good. I'm enjoying rewatching these movies. We also start started with good ones. <laughs> so that as Ava as a, another person who's seen all these movies knows that they're not all good. Particularly no. the X-Men ones have a have a go downhill real, real do. after the first couple. We do. But I honestly can't even remember Age of Apocalypse. I know we watched it. Ava and I watched this movie together and I can't even remember what happens. I just know Oscar Isaac was in it. I am genuinely trying to conjure up any plot. Yeah. Happening for me. Yeah. So some of these movies I've also only like seen like once or so like, and that's fun. I mean, the original Spider-Man movie is like one of just like the best movies. It's just a great movie. It was so literally, actually, you know what? I need to Google right now how long that movie was because it was like seven years and also two minutes like so many things happened but nothing felt rushed but it never felt too slow it was fascinating how long was that movie because i would i would not know if it was an hour and a half or like four and a half hours yeah that's so true that is a movie i actually have not seen i haven't seen any spider-man that haven't been Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. No worries. I was impressed. But that's 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 why we decided to watch all the Spider-Man movies and watch these ones first before the MCU stuff, so that like once we get to like No Way Home and that kind of stuff, filled in. Only ever seen the second one with Andrew Garfield because somebody (laughs) dragged me to it and I had no idea what was happening. But I was like, Andrew Garfield's hot, so here I am. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, there was a time that Ava didn't think. All right. I think about it once a month. I think I, about it once a month. I, it was a big uh, plot on this podcast, actually. Oh, yeah, it was. I forgot about that. Uh, no. I'm thinking about the Roman Empire. I'm thinking about that. Ava's I, for sure thinking about the Roman Empire. I think, I okay, first of all, I believe I think about the Roman Empire at least once a day. Second of all, um... But I also am a history student, so, you know. Um, but, yes. yes the not Andrew anymore. Garfield, not anymore, but, like, it sticks you with... once were a history student. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, man, weird. But anyway, um, yeah, I think about the Roman Empire frequently. Um, and also, yes, the rumors are true. Um, I used to not think Andrew Garfield was hot, but I have seen the light... Um, and I think it's important to acknowledge we, we do love yes, growth. I agree. It's important, you know. If there's one thing we love on this podcast, it is growth. Real. It's not like a super controversial stance. You know, like, I don't know. Well, that's how I really feel about Apollo right now. Yes, growth. Our girly is growing. He <laughs> is changing. He is developing. I love these books these chapters like really i was feeling a little shaky at the beginning of of this book yeah on this book in particular it's these chapters won me over they were crazy we'll get into that more uh but welcome back to return to camp half-blood this week we'll be uh discussing the trials of apollo the dark prophecy chapters 33 through 36 through the theme of cost i have to summarize 
Yeah, you do. I'm so excited, guys. Okay. Do you think? No, just. Oh, you're you're stalling until you're gonna go. Okay, so they're in the cave. They're snakes. Apollo forgot about the little honey cakes, but he's also like being a little silly. We see Leto. Um, she's begging Zeus. And Zeus is not listening. Styx is like, girl, I am coming for you. Um, and then the Meg sings a little song and the water gets big and it's Trophonius. And he's like, I made her crazy. I made her crazy. And she knows prophecies and she's almost going to die. And then Apollo saves her. And then they go to the the, the Bellamy's um, and they trick them into blowing up the cave. You have five seconds left. Uh- that was What's good. I was like, how would anyone summarize those chapters? They're so all over the place and so much happens. I mean, I would say the only thing I would add is that Apollo not just like saves her, but like takes on yeah, it's, whatever the fuck's happening. The bees. The bees. Bees, the darkness. I love the phantom bees i don't know why i was really feeling slay phantom bees we were like i was neve and i were at the gym and i was listening to this audiobook at the gym and i went up to her and i said there's phantom bees yeah. and then i left yeah i, I was filling up my water bottle but it, i was like it's about to get crazier it's about to get crazier than the phantom bees like, they have bees yeah yeah a terrifying way to represent going crazy. I know it. It made me think of Frank and his um, when he. I know we'll never escape the bees, huh? No. <laughs> An ongoing plot yeah, is really. what to do about to be. Yeah. To be or not to not be. To <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> to be. That's absurd. Yeah, clearly, Rick is is. In the to be camp, yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Pro B, pro B. Um, what songs do we do we bring this week? Okay, okay, I'm a little nervous. I think I've used this before in a past, not this season, but in a past playlist. But we've done that. Y- so yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Um, this song there is- there may have been people on this podcast who've done the same songs in the same book like a week out <laughs> after yeah. each other. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Oops. So, um, Holly Humberstone has a song called Deep End that's about her relationship with her sister. And the like main tagline of the song is like sister i'm trying to hold off the lightning to help you escape your own head and i just think with the sibling relationship that's been formed over this these past two books but especially this book that's really been like solidified it was quite a literal representation of that lyric so i thought it was good it's also a very beautiful song it was in um it was in heartstopper i think and Maybe. i was I, I was kind of gagged to see it there because i just wasn't <laughs> expecting it so you all might know it. It's really good. Wow. Well, nice. Yeah, that reminds me. I still need to watch the second season of Heartstopper. I have not seen it yet. Um, yeah, me too. And I can't get myself to. I can't either. Anyway, I don't know. But um, 
So my song is uh, not related really very much at all. But um, I went to a Hosier concert this past week. Um, best concert of my whole entire life. I think about it so many times per day. Um, and he did um, a song for an audience that he's never, ever done before, he said. Um, and he did to someone from a warm climate for the first time. And I was like, holy shit, what a cool experience. But also the, the specifically the line, um, the awful things we do to make the head go quiet reminded me a lot of the bees in Meg's brain. Um, and like how hard Apollo bees was in the brain, the bees <laughs> in the brain, uh, bees in the trap. I think you're not, no. Um, Oh, that would have been good though. Um, but how hard Apollo was working to help the buzz, like to, to try to quell the buzz. Um, yeah. And in that he was unfortunately like doing awful things to himself and his own psyche. But yeah. Yeah. So not related, but I made it a little related. <laughs> I think it works. My song is Echoes of You by Mariana Strange. Um, it's just like about like your past and your past coming back to haunt you. Um, and like starving off madness is like what a lot of the lines are about. Um, and you can see how that applies. (laughs) Guys, I love this. My (laughs) stretch supremacy. Everyone listen. This is healing my 14 year old self. who was like the only one listening to this band. I'm so excited. What were our favorite parts of D chapters? <laughs> parts of D chapters. Yeah, I kind of was obsessed with these chapters. Um, the cliffhanger. <sighs> I don't know if that's like my favorite or my least favorite, but I'm like, Jesus, I want to keep going. Yeah, it was a good. I was drag racing past our apartment, it seems. That was so loud. Um, but it was a good way to end. Like, it was a very compelling way to end the chapters. Also, like, an interesting thing to set up after these, like, really, this really deep emotional moment that they haven't fully, like, gotten themselves out of. Like, Meg is comatose and, like, whispering shit and stuff. It's like, yeah, I also wanted to keep going. She has to sit on the chair. Yes. (laughs) She has to sit. I I know what has to happen. (laughs) I'm remembering. Um, yeah, it was slay throughout. I was really in for the stupid, stupid honey cakes joke. I love that. that. Was, it was so every time he was like, So you brought the honey cakes, right? And she was like, No, you never told me about the honey cakes. It was like, Okay, so you have them. Okay, good, let's go. Yeah. And it's like that's happening. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and it was just the dramatic, like, turn of, like, Trifonius being like, also, kill me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the way it was nuanced, too, was, like, really interesting. Yeah. Very sad. Also, like, sometimes we see how prophecies come true throughout these books, and I'm like, this was a this was a weird interpretation of the line, oh, yeah. but this interpretation was slay. 
when I was when they were like, and this is the line of the prophecy. Oh, the filling out like, oh, to, to swallow. Now I get it because I was confused on how that was going to happen. No, he for sure swallowed. He, oh, not oh no, that, that's not what I meant. I know. But it's what I said. <laughs> we all know what I meant. Let's, yes, let's all pass the innuendo of it. Exactly. But it was an interest. I just like sometimes they're like not. Sometimes they're super predictable or like not interesting. And this, I was like, I wasn't sure how this was going to materialize. So it is crazy that this is how it's happening now. I also liked, I really liked sticks. Like she just kind of like, she shows up to be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And then leaves. She showed up, she mothered and left. (laughs) You mothered and left. I'm obsessed with her. That was very funny. And like, apologies being like, Oh, stick showed up. I think she was mad at me. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> not in in no way can take anything seriously. Like, all right. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. Let's take a break and then we'll come back to talk about our theme. All right, cost. Where do we want to go? I I have a thought. If oh, it's okay. Congrats. Yeah, no. It's few and far between. But um I um thought it was interesting the way that throughout all the whole point of this series is like Apollo sees like what demigods have to go through and how the gods like use them as pawns and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a present theme, but here it's just he was ready to sacrifice himself like, you know, prepared, like, drank the stuff that made him all silly for the beginning of these Mm -hmm. chapters. And then to see, like, this all-powerful being still be like, but we're, it's still going to be her who pays for it. Mm -hmm. Even though you're not a god anymore, like, we're still going to make this, like, not innocent, but, like, this demigod pay for it was so intriguing just because like stakes have never been higher and like Apollo was really, really ready to give it all up. Yeah. And then it was still turned back on, you know, someone he cares about who was just being used as a pawn for it. And like, he is really grappling with the consequences of that more so than like, I feel like other parts of the book have had him grapple with that. It's also just like such a classic trope in stories like this in a way that I always love it. In, yeah. because it, it just it's just better storytelling to make the stakes like oh your actions are going to harm someone else because your actions harming yourself are actually often less compelling because they're less relatable yeah most people are kind of like you know i don't care about myself that much like people, yeah especially like i think the like modern perspective of selfhood is very like you know whatever like i it's trend trendy i guess is it's not the right word but it's not the wrong word that like people are like our age and generation like gen z millennials are very like guess i'm only gonna live till 30 like the I'm not gonna be able to have kids because or own a house or like the world's not gonna exist. Yeah. And like so like you're we're trained to have less self-preservation instincts 
because we're told that it's kind of futile, but it's more tangible to like watch your actions harm other people or or the pain that you might be willing to take upon yourself being inflicted on someone else is more compelling. Yeah. And then like we get that backstory, like he tries to take it upon himself again, but it's still tied up in Meg. And then we get this weird, like trippy, he's Meg and Apollo at the same time living through her memories. Yeah. And Nero being a creep. Oh my God. So awful. It's like, especially the detail of like the quote, like the sickly sweet cologne. I was like, I'm going to throw up. Like the detail work was so good. And it made me nauseous. <laughs> no, I was like, why is the scariest part of this? Like, the smell. There was so much description of scents and, like, the scent memory. Yeah. And I was like, this is really interesting. Yeah. We don't talk about scents enough. No, we don't. We don't talk about scents enough. Scent <laughs> memories are the worst. They are. And also, like, super vivid for some reason. Yes. Like... There are certain, like, sometimes I walk outside and I'm like, I'm at summer camp. Like, yeah, it smells smells like exactly like it, depending on where I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you catch something like that smells like my ex boyfriend, or like, Mm. like, oh, I'm heavier now. I'm in my third grade classroom. Yeah. Like, I'm in Disneyland at five. Like, what? Like, they're crazy, like, specific. Yeah. And it's yeah. so weird. Also, I think that this is not to do with the theme, but we're just talking about this now. I think that Meg is such, like, we just don't see her talk that much. Yeah, she's Like, weird. just as a character, like, she's a little quieter, unless, you know, like, she... She speaks her mind for sure, but she's like not. She's not talking about her feelings. Yeah, she's not talking about like what she's going through. So I feel like the only glimpses we get into her, her backstory and like what affects her is a situation like this where like we like see a memory play out Mm -hmm. um, in front of us like this, and it was so, so much terribly sad information. This poor little girl. No, please just let her be. I was like that's exactly what I was gonna say and then the way Apollo's like well the flower is just part of the plant yeah that is still alive like oh my god I was like what a heavy-handed metaphor that works real well he was like you have strong roots I was like I'm puking (laughs) literally screaming crying throwing the fuck up Mm -hmm. yeah because you also learn through this that like meg doesn't have much self-preservation at all no which is just so much more i mean it's tragic in all senses but like she's like she's like 13 like she's so young to like not believe that she deserves to continue to you know yeah and especially that in contrast with apollo's like developing in the other direction of like he says in these chapters 
oh, I've been doing all of this so I could try to become a god, so I could try to be immortal, so I don't have to worry about dying. And here I am, ready to sacrifice everything. Yeah. yeah. And, like, die a mortal death. And there's also lines about, like, it's a different kind of immortality. Like, yeah, a mortal death. And I was like, that's interesting, too. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because, like, if he, like, Apollo knows the the system of death and what happens to you afterwards, you know, yeah. better than any mortal or demigod would. And he was, like, ready to accept that. And was like, well, it's not, you know, lights out forever. If that's what I have to do right now to save Meg. Yeah. So sad. I also, there's a question that I've started pondering with this whole, like how the Roman emperors became gods thing. So if the whole thing is like being remembered is part, like in part of that, like cultural consciousness is like immortality. And that's what we're talking about. Can Apollo die? Because, like, if everyone is like, well, Apollo is like, like the god, a god, and he is the god Apollo, and we all know who Apollo is. Can he die? Probably not. And like, I was like, when I was reading these, and I was like, damn, it's looking like death is imminent. And given the like the prophecy that we have been given, like this looks like the moment that death is imminent. And I was like, maybe. I saw a realistic idea of like him having to grapple with all of it and then like, but like not dying, but like Zeus being like, all right, you've learned your lesson and that's the end. And I was like, that would have been boring. Like if that was just like his lesson. Yeah. But like, that was a real possibility I could see for the story. And I feel like if he ever actually, like he, he wouldn't actually die he would maybe, like, have to regenerate for a while. Yeah, like, I guess, like, Kronos, like, never, like, really die. Like, they these gods don't really die. They can, like, fade, kind of become, like, lost. Like, yeah. Rhea, in the last book, was, like, kind of just, like, out there, like, beyond everything. Like, mm-hmm. still around, but, like, it's interesting. And, like, Kronos is, like, chopped up in little pieces. Little the, pieces. The, <laughs> yeah. It's just odd because Reese's <laughs> But it's like uh, how do the rules change when Apollo is strictly mortal as of the moment? Yeah, exactly. So it's like he his mortal body clearly can die, but like He's also more than that because, like, what is also like, why does Zeus have the power to make people? Im- I guess all the gods have the power to make people immortal. You yeah. think they would do it more? Yeah, or maybe they're like self conscious and they're like, we don't want anyone to, you know, try to take over our thing. Very weird. Our thing being Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, you'd think, like, they'd be falling in love everywhere. I guess they actually do turn a lot of those people immortal. So I guess take that back. So, yeah. Or some of them burn up and, like, die because Hera killed them. That's what happens to a lot of them. Yeah. They've seen... (laughs) Hera took out a lot. It seems to be understood. Like, they... 
Rick seems to explain. <laughs> Rick seems to explain it in a way of like they used to do it a little too willy nilly, and now they've learned that they can't. You know, yeah, that they've like faced the consequences of making you know whoever they love that week immortal. It's also like, like, oh my god, we did not do that anymore. <laughs> there's also only so many things you can be the god of. That's yeah. like. That's- they already seem to have a lot of aces covered. There are a lot of minor gods. There are already like gods of sofas. Camp Half Blood is only so big. There's only so many cats. We cannot handle this anymore. Because it is like you'd think after like enough time, these gods have been around forever. They're making new gods. They're all having kids. Shouldn't everyone be a little bit demigod at this point? Probably. So that's like complicated because they've been around for so long. And there's also like other culture god like yeah. g- gods in this universe because like Rick Riordan has established that all of his books are in the same universe. So there are, so there's all the gods of every culture that's ever existed are real. They're all having kids. How is not everyone in this universe? attached to the gods in some way or maybe they all are they're just not telling each other like everyone's like yeah like i have a secret i'm so special i'm so important but it's like everyone in this universe is like secretly a god and they're just just not all talking about it maybe yeah (laughs) got me thinking man (sighs) stay thinking the gods are real. Like the Greek gods. <laughs> I'll never, ever forgive the composers for that song. <laughs> it's off topic, but it's so bad. The rest of the musical is pretty good. But, that, but, then, he, but then it breaks into the like, I didn't want to be a half blood. And that slays. It slays oh so God. hard. It's just like the first two minutes is like that. Yeah. Anyways, we're off topic. We are. Do we have any more thoughts? I feel like so much happened, but like... Yeah, I mean, it's not really relevant to the... Like, the last chapter is not really relevant to the theme. He's just trying to, like, Annabeth his way out of a situation. And he does, successfully. Oh, I miss her. I know. Like, it was fun, for sure. I just don't have much to say about it. Yeah, it was It was fun. It was a real extended con. He played the long con. I te- did play long time. I teed. Yeah. Do we want to do sass moments then? Sure. Yes. Oh my god, I have mine. <laughs> I want to say it first because I it, it I feel like it would be popular. Um, yes, her voice squeaked. Charm the snakes, make them go away. I didn't understand what she meant. When I sang, my audiences always came closer. Who was this girl Meg anyway? She had apparently confused me with St. Patrick. Nice guy, by the way. Terrible singing voice. The legends don't normally mention that he drove the snakes out of Ireland with his hideous version of today. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that was good. Mine is also a moment of Apollo not remembering anything, but also remembering a lot. Um... But it's literally talking about that. 
Things I could remember. I'd had a vision of Leto. She'd been trying to convince Zeus to forgive me. That was so sweet. I'd also have a vision of the goddess Styx. She'd been angry. Hilarious. For some reason, I could remember every note Stevie Ray Vaughan played on Texas Blood. What a great song. <laughs> it made me laugh. There's like I paragraphs love- that also made me laugh. Yeah. No, that's what a great true. song. What a great song. All of the honey cake stuff was funny. I'm just going to read a section. It's a little long, but it's funny. So we're going to bear. Meg frowned. You never said anything about honey cakes, but I just remembered we need them for the snakes. Snakes. Meg developed a facial tick that I did not think was related to hypothermia. Why would there be snakes? Good question. I just know we're supposed to have honey cakes to appease them. So we forgot the cakes. You never said anything about cakes. Well, that's a shame. Anything we can substitute Oreos, perhaps? Meg shook her head. No Oreos. Hmm. I guess we'll have to improvise. And, like, he keeps going on and keeps asking about the honey cakes later as well. Um, (laughs) Very funny. His whole, like, tone... Like, something about him having, like, this amnesia situation made him so much fucking funnier. It Um, was... Like, he was just so much more flippant and, like, cared so much less about, like, very obviously cared so much less about everything. But, like, the way it translated, like, applause for Rick, you know? Yeah, it was real, real funny. Four offerings for. Oh, God. I'm going to start it off with Meg. I got to hop on that, too. It was very sad. Rough week for her. Yeah. I might really have to stop me. Yeah, I'm gonna make it three for Meg. I think it's deserving. She almost died. We like looked at her trauma again. She struggled on the struggle bus. And in the same vein, like I can't not do Nero. I know, me too. Yeah. He's just so vile vile i was thinking one of the monster guys at the end just because all of their dialogue was like annoying but i think no it was funny (laughs) i loved the blemming (laughs) uh i'll give it to him as well it makes sense all right that's all for this week join us next week folks where we will be discussing chapters 37 through 40. Yes. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Return to Cam on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Red Bubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. Goodbye. Bye. Peace out, Girl Scout. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that was a new one.